0: Good, what's good is C Wood. Back at you again with another additional Ball About the South with C Wood. Ball About the South, it is that sports podcast where it's real sports talk and real southern flavor. I am your host, Carrie Wood, but call me C Wood for short. At Sea Wood on Sports on Twitter and IG is where you can find me. And this is the newest episode of my little podcast right here. And I definitely thank you and welcome you in and i hope that you will enjoy yourself while you're here uh please like subscribe do all those things whether you listen on spotify apple uh amazon google whatever platform you're listening to the show on uh, i definitely appreciate it and I, but i do want you to come back so I, hopefully if this is your first time listening in hopefully it will not be your last again i will definitely appreciate you subscribing that way you'll know when Another additional Ball About the South is released, and uh, if you would leave a comment or uh, actually leave a rating on Spotify or Apple, I would definitely appreciate that as well. Five-star rating would be greatly appreciated, <laughs> but uh, if you feel like the five-star rating is not warranted, that's fine by me. I would just like the feedback to know what you think about the podcast. Anyway, let's get into the sports, man. We got a lot to talk about, and... To be honest with you, I was going to start off this show talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, with what happened last Saturday in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm a little bit late with this uh, episode because I did an earlier, uh, I did an episode earlier this week. I did my NBA preview, and uh, that was released on Monday, and so I, uh, you know, a little bit late with this one because we're almost uh just a uh, day or so away from Alabama kicking off of Mississippi State after that huge, crazy game. <laughs> then Knoxville with the tide lost fifty two to forty nine. Now we're gonna get into that game. I was gonna lead off with that game, but uh we had some news around these parts <laughs> that uh we gotta uh, we gotta discuss first and you know what I'm probably talking about. And that is CMC, Mr. Christian McCaffrey is changing coasts and he is going from the Atlantic coast to the, uh, to the Pacific, uh, basically the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers in a blockbuster deal. Well, it's, I, well, you can't really call it a blockbuster deal because the Carolina Panthers only received draft picks in return, but the, uh... I mean the aftermath of that deal (laughs) I mean you know the impact Or at least the potential Impact of that deal Kind of makes it a blockbuster When you think about Christian McCaffrey Joining The San Francisco 49ers That is a crazy thing to even think about But that is the reality So uh, And that thing went down last night Kind of not too long Or uh, long after the Thursday night football game went off Uh, that was a game we'll definitely talk about here just for a few minutes as well as the New Orleans Saints Uh, man I I do not know what's going on with that team especially the defense now as they gave up 42 points last night and go down and defeat to the Arizona Cardinals we'll talk about that a little bit uh, for a few minutes a little bit later but Christian McCaffrey is headed to the west coast he is headed to the Bay Area so what's, what do you think about that I would definitely like your thoughts whether you hit me up on Twitter again that's at Wood on sports on Twitter or IG um, if you can leave a comment I think you can leave a comment on Spotify or Apple if you want to uh, talk about it as well craziness so how does you know I've got a couple questions um, the first question I have obviously is the fit I mean you think about putting Christian McCaffrey in between well, in the mix of all of those players out there, you thought, you think about Debo Sam, you think about a guy like Brandon Ayuk, you think about a guy like George Kittle, obviously Juice Check, the uh, fullback. They have a couple of decent running backs out there as well. Putting Christian McCaffrey in all of that, how's that going to work out for Kyle Shanahan and that brain trust over there in San Francisco? And then I think even more importantly than that. How does Jimmy Garoppolo how does Jimmy G coordinate all of that stuff as the quarterback now it's very interesting stuff to say the least uh I'm not sure I, if I see the the fit to be honest with you because um it's it's like really Debo Samuel is basically what Christian McCaffrey does I mean I understand Debo Samuel is a wide receiver and that's that's definitely what he is listed as but Debo Samuel's going to do a lot of the same things that more than likely Christian McCaffrey is going to be uh doing once he gets out there uh obviously catching the ball out of the backfield you know what I mean? they line Debo Samuel up in so many different ways he can line up in the backfield behind Jimmy Garoppolo he can line up next to him in the formation he can line up in the slot he can line up out uh, on the outside they put him pretty much anywhere now I guess the difference here would be maybe with Christian McCaffrey coming in maybe Debo would be more of a traditional wide receiver only Uh, we'll see about that now you know if you're looking at it from that standpoint then obviously I can see making the San Francisco 49ers a little bit more dynamic offensively. Still, the question is, though, I mean, the problem with that is still Jimmy Garoppolo is still your quarterback. (laughs) So, I'm not really sure if that makes you that much more dynamic just by bringing Christian McCaffrey into the mix. I'm I'm just not really sure that 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 really does anything. So, it's going to be very very intriguing to see how they mix that up the second thing the second question i have is the fantasy impact i mean i've got (laughs) christian McCaffrey on one of my fantasy teams now what do i do with him right now (laughs) i mean seriously because uh again you know well i put it to you like this I, i i picked him up in the draft and it was one of those things, I, I, I would not have picked Christian McCaffrey where I got him. I got him as the first pick, Now I understand it. I think he was, like, ranked fourth in the um, fantasy rankings or whatever. And I sat there, and in, in this particular draft, I did not get there to the draft to set up everything before the first round started. So the computer basically picked Christian McCaffrey for me. Which, you know, when I thought about it, I really didn't have a problem with it. So I went on, you know, and I have made do, and actually he's done pretty well this season for for what I needed or whatever. So, But, (laughs) I mean, my thing was, you know, I did not like the matchup with him uh, being, you know, with his quarterback being Baker Mayfield, and now I don't know if it's that much better with jimmy g i mean you know because look i mean christian McCaffrey is a really good running back we all know that but we also know that he gets a lot of his yardage catching the ball out of the backfield so it's it's going to be interesting so i think the fantasy impact is something that definitely needs to be looked at i think probably you think well okay he's probably going to be even better than he was in carolina and that may turn out to be the case but i could also see it going the other way because you have a lot more mouths to feed in San Francisco than you had in Carolina, and then obviously again, it's not. I mean, obviously Jimmy G is better than Baker Mayfield, but is he that much better? You know, I don't know. Going to be interested to find out. But a blockbuster deal. If you look at it from that standpoint, is this enough to get to the San the over the hump? I mean, do you put them above? The L.A. Rams and the uh, A- NFC West. Do you put them above teams like I don't know? I mean, if, I mean, you know, uh, considering things, if if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, will sit there and actually make the playoffs, because right now I don't know if we know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. If they if they do, do you sit there and do you put? the San Francisco 49ers over them do you uh, do you place them ahead of the uh, Green Bay Packers if they're able to make the pay- playoffs a lot, of, a lot of questions are asked and a lot of questions that need to be answered behind this big time trade of Christian McCaffrey so we'll see how it goes uh, again so then look we're going to get into a lot into this show but that obviously had to be the lead off <laughs> when you think about it, man, that was some huge news that came down last night. Um, we're going to get into a lot of the show. Like I said, we're going to get into my SEC stuff. Around the SEC is what I call it. We're going to get into the Alabama games from last week, and then uh, we'll talk about that briefly. Then we'll get into tomorrow's matchup with Mississippi State. We'll talk about that. We'll also get into a couple of other games that uh, – Uh, that'll have some big time impact in the SEC. I also want to talk about some surprises and some disappointments. Um, What are your biggest surprises or disappointments so far in the college football or NFL season? I asked some of my friends on Twitter that same question and I've got some of their responses so I'm going to go through theirs and give them a shout out and let you know what they think. I just think it was a good thing for me to do to kind of uh, uh, basically right now, we're talking about the midway point of the season in college football. We're getting near the midway point in the NFL. And also I think, you know, so I think it's a good thing to look at. And then also I just think that it gives me a chance to kind of talk about some other teams uh, that I don't normally talk about here on this show. Mainly I keep it here in the South. AFC South, NFC South for the um, uh, the NFL I talk a lot of SEC a lot of HBCUs and things of that nature so I just think it will be a good chance to kind of broaden the horizon just a little bit so we'll talk about that here a little bit later as well anyway we're going to take a quick break right now we'll come back and go around the SEC when Ball About the South continues Okay, y'all, we're back in. Ball about the South continues, and we're going to go right now into my Around the SEC segment. SEC! 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is that time for us to get into the SEC in my Around the SEC segment. And a lot going on, man. What a crazy weekend that we saw last week. A lot of points scored around the league. When you sit there and think about the Auburn Tigers, <laughs> Auburn Tigers going to the Grove and putting up 34 points, who would ever, who would ever have thought that we see that with the way Auburn's offense had been playing? You know, I, I, I would never have thought that. Especially and then and then really, Ole Miss' defense have been playing pretty well also. But Robbie Ashford, man, you got to give this dude a little bit of credit. I mean, he uh, overcame some things. They had a little uh, scuffle here, or he had a little scuffle with Tank Bigsby on the sideline. They had a rough start to the football game. There, Auburn got down twenty-one nothing, if I'm not mistaken. And this team fought back. I mean, you got to give Auburn credit on that. I mean, if you're an Alabama fan or whatever fan you are, it doesn't matter. I mean. That was, I mean, they could have mailed that game in like in the first quarter and, you know, just going to say, look, man, just going to get us back to Auburn. But they sat there and they hung in there and they fought. They lost lost the game by 14 points. But you got to give those players a lot of credit. And actually, you got to give Brian Harson a lot of credit for what they did as well. So, uh, you know, I think Auburn fans should be proud of that performance from their boys on that night uh old miss came away with a big win but you know you have to question that defense right now where the way with the way auburn i mean it wasn't throwing the ball real i mean ashford had a good, pretty good day throwing it and they made some plays downfield but it was the run game i mean it was the run game for the auburn tigers that did that thing and kept them in that football game but uh Ole Miss does go, go on and get the victory, and they stay undefeated, and they are atop the SEC West now at 7-0, and which is, you know, kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Obviously, that could really set up another showdown here in you know, a few weeks when Alabama hits the Grove themselves. Uh, another crazy game. How about the LSU Tigers kind of staying in the SEC West? The LSU Tigers putting up 45 points in the swamp beating the Florida Gators 45-35. Who saw that coming? <laughs> uh, not me. Not for real, but then again, it was, you know, it was Florida, and it's, it's a Gators team that still has a lot of issues on both sides of the ball. And that showed up on Saturday night. So, uh, LSU, man, this is an interesting, interesting football team. They're 5-2 and two right now, and they match up with Ole Miss tomorrow. And that is that is going to be a very intriguing football game the lsu tigers coming to this game you know look i'm not one to sit here and argue with vegas and i understand that the game is in tiger stadium it's at death valley i get it it's a 230 it's a cbs game they have the tigers a one point favorable old miss who is number seven in the country i don't know uh from what I saw of Old Miss, that's the same old Miss team that showed up against Auburn last week. If they show up against uh LSU on Saturday, then yeah, I mean I've got I think LSU probably wins the football game. Something tells me that's not the team that's gonna show up. I like Old Miss to win that game. But I do think LSU is gonna be um, you know, they're gonna be a team that's that you're gonna have to reckon with. Jaden Daniels is a guy that's kind of starting to make some strides at the quarterback position. You have to account for this dude. He can run the ball very well, and he's not as bad a passer as a lot of people were kind of trying to say that he was early in the season. So anyway, you know, that's one of the very, definitely one of the bigger games around the league on Saturday. Again, so a lot of points scored. So Mindy, so that brings you back to that Alabama-Tennessee game where I want to talk about it for just a quick minute. Uh, 52-49 volunteers (laughs) put up 52 points against an Alabama defense. That's the first time Alabama's given up that many points since I think it was 1906 or 1907. Crazy. I mean, just crazy. So, is Tennessee that good or is Alabama's defense that bad? I think it's a mix of both, but I think it's more along the – I think it's definitely more the Tennessee's offense was that good. I mean, this is – I mean, look, hand the hooker, man. You, know, you can say what you want about Alabama's defense. And obviously the biggest, the biggest issue for me was no, no pressure on this dude. I mean, no pressure. I don't, I don't remember uh, – the, really the only time I remember – Alabama really getting big time pressure on him. The hooker was the interception. I mean, and that was pretty much it. And then they had the fumble where Dallas Turner scooped it up, and and uh, had the scoop and scored for the touchdown. That you know, a lot of people. I thought. I mean, I'm not gonna say I thought the game was over, but you know, a lot of Tennessee fans, with everything that they've gone through for 16 years and losing to Alabama, you know. When that game got to be 49, 42, Alabama off of that turnover, you know they thought the game was over. You know they thought, okay, you know what? This is it. This I mean, with Tennessee uh Tennessee is Tennesseeing. <laughs> or they're or they're volunteering. This is it. I mean, the game's over. Because Obviously, that, I mean, that's kind of the way this thing has gone for Tennessee in the past. I mean, there's some close games, even though Alabama is dominated, obviously, and has not lost since Nick Saban stepped foot on campus. There were some close games. I mean, Everybody remembers Terrence Cody's block kick to end that game in 2009. Even last season's game, even last season's game, even though Alabama put up 52 points against Tennessee last season, 52-24 victory. That game was tight into deep into the third quarter. He really, in the start of the fourth quarter, that game was in doubt. So there have been a lot of close games. So you know that those fans were like, man, well, here it is. <laughs> here it is. Alabama, this is where Alabama wins the football game, and they go and smoke cigars, and we go home and cry. Man, it just turned totally to the opposite direction. The Tennessee Volunteers got to smoke the cigars for the first time in 16 years. They crowded the field. They're going to uh, pay $100,000 in fines. And the goalposts are still floating somewhere in the river out there by, by the stadium. <laughs> uh, just crazy, man. But, again, I mean, for real, though, I mean, the, the biggest problem for me was the, the lack of pass rush from this Alabama defense. I Obviously, you have to sit there and, and – blame the secondary i mean you're sitting there all you see on tv is is the white jerseys chasing (laughs) the men wearing the orange jerseys to the end zone that's that's basically what you saw especially with this dude hyatt who had uh 207 yards five touchdowns he had six receptions so (laughs) he he caught six passes and five of them he put it in the end zone so, obviously, you know, you're going to come down on the secondary, but you can't – in this day and age, with the way the game is played now, and then when you put a dude like Hendon Hooker, who is obviously a big-time threat to run, you're, all, you're almost automatically, just about on every play, you're going to take a one player either out of your pass rush or off the defensive line or whatever and out of the secondary because you're going to have – you have to have someone spying them 24-7. So – you're almost like, you're, I mean, obviously you still got 11 players on the field, but this guy, one guy is, is responsible for only him. So it just puts the defense at you know, at, at, it 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 definitely uh, puts all of the uh, emphasis on the offense at that point. And then let's not talk about the flags and all of that. I'm not even going to get into all of that. There were a couple of questionable calls on both sides. I'm not going to get into all of that, but Again, this this is very disappointing if you're an Alabama fan to see the defense playing that way. And then the other big thing came out in the media this week in the press conference with Nick Saban and Will Anderson saying that anxiety. They felt anxious. They felt nervous going in to play that football game this past Saturday. That is something I would never have thought I would have heard from anybody wearing that Alabama jersey. No one. But that was the talk coming out of um, players like Will Anderson from this past weekend. And it's it's just crazy. It really started to really get you to think what's going on there in Tuscaloosa. We know, you know, a lot of fans have always wanted Pete Golden fired. They want Bill O'Brien gone. They've wanted that for the last couple seasons. We all know that. But now... You got people really starting to question the GOAT. The GOAT is, um, a lot of people are saying is on the decline. And, and, you know, you sit there and you kind of look at the records, uh, here in the last few years, I guess you can kind of see some of that. I kind of, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that that he's on a decline just yet because I can sit there and point to, uh, one thing as I looked at it was penalties. Um, while they've gotten a lot worse, comparing to right now, as far the comparing to, let's say, the 2017 season, because I went back and looked, man, I, I was like, okay, there are a lot of people talking about how the penalties are so much worse this season. And they are worse, but I don't know if they're that much worse than they have been here in the last season or two. And I went back and looked at, uh, um, with, uh Pro Sports Reference or whatever sports dot com. Alabama averaged like nine penalties per game in two thousand seventeen. Okay, now that was the year uh two came in for Jalen at halftime with the Georgia game, the national championship, led them back and hit the second and twenty six to Devontae Smith. Okay, that championship team. So that was that has been the best. Uh, the next year, I think it jumped up to like eleven penalties per game. Of course, that was the season they lost to Clemson in the championship game. Then I think it jumped to twelve or thirteen penalties the next season. That was nineteen, where Alabama lost two games. They lost to uh, LSU at the end LSU um, at the end of the season, and they also lost to uh, Auburn. So that was the LSU national championship team. And then it jumped to, like, 14 penalties. I think now the only time there was a decline was 2020. That was the uh, COVID season, and they declined to, like, 12 penalties uh, per game. Okay, and that's offense and defense. Uh, but then the shot right back up to 14. I think last year was 14. And this year so far, it's, it's just under 16 penalties. Now, again, look, that is a lot, a lot, a lot of penalties. But it's not as I don't think it's as drastic a jump as maybe it's looking like that it really is. It's just you look at the games and you look at how they've broken the record twice they they broke the record at Texas a few weeks ago, and now they broke the record again with 17 penalties last Saturday. Obviously, that's a huge problem. That's a huge issue. But I don't think it is the drastic change that some people might think that it is, just going from those stats. But it is progressively getting worse, and that is not a good thing. So something's got to give at some point. Um, so anyway, man, this is just a crazy, crazy game <laughs> uh, last weekend. So we'll have to see how Alabama uh, comes back from that. And obviously they had Mississippi State Bulldogs this week which is one of the better games on the slate um last year Alabama beat the Bulldogs 49 to 9 and that game was in Stark Vegas so uh Saturday's game is in Tuscaloosa that should help things along this is not the same type passing attack that you get that you get with Tennessee I mean uh their raid offense was more of a short passing game um don't get me wrong, they can throw the ball downfield, and obviously they do that very much. Will Rogers is a capable quarterback to do that, but you don't get the running of a of Hooker on, uh, and then obviously the run game that Mississippi State has. Even though I think at times it's been better this season than we've been used to it being from Mike Leach and that air raid offense, you don't have to worry about it too much, I don't think. I think you should be fine. They only average like 93 yards rushing per game so you would think the results should be a lot different for Alabama on Saturday but we'll see man I mean we'll see what happens we'll see what happens Uh, offensively for this uh, Alabama team Jermaine Burton is is a very is a mystery right now his status uh, I'm hearing that he punched a fan on the field during the uh, rushing of the field Last week at Knoxville, not really sure what his status is. Nick Saban, obviously, we know how he does. He wants to handle everything internally, which is which is fine. So we're not really sure if he's going to be suspended. There are a lot of people saying he should be kicked off the team. I didn't. I never saw the video, so I can't really say. But um, uh, that's going to be interesting to see if Jermaine Burton is available for this team uh, tomorrow and going forward, for that matter. So, yeah. Anyway, big time stuff going on there. Uh, obviously, you sit there and look at going forward for a team like Tennessee. Man, they have Georgia obviously coming up in a couple of weeks. That is the game everybody's going to be waiting for. For me, I, I I think I think Tennessee definitely still has a chance to go into Georgia and win that game, even though the game is in Athens because. You know, Right now, Georgia is, is having issues of their own offensively. I don't know if Georgia can sit there. And they get into a game like that that we saw last week. I don't think Georgia can win that game. So, obviously, Georgia's not going to try to play the game the way Alabama did last Saturday. They would play a much different style. They would try to slow things down a lot more than Alabama did. Now, Alabama, actually, if you sit there and really look at it, it's not like Alabama didn't really try to do that. They had Town position edge 37 minutes and something to 23 minutes um <laughs> i mean you know just but i don't know i don't know if stetson bennett has the weapons that can really even though like i said that tennessee defense is not very good at all i don't know if georgia has enough weapons to sit there and, and just go you know air it out against tennessee so I, but i do think they can make plays and i do think they can score enough in a game where they kind of have the tempo to where they want it and then i think they'll get enough stops and they'll beat tennessee in that game here in a few weeks and that would obviously hurt tennessee i mean because we talked about it last week um you know the loser of that game was still going to be in good shape i thought i especially in the sec because i mean tennessee had lost to alabama Alabama's a Western Division opponent, opponent. so they still would be in line to do what they had to do if they could beat Georgia and Kentucky to get to the SEC Championship game. Same for Alabama. I mean, Tennessee's in the Eastern Division. They're not a Western Division opponent. So everything is still out there for Alabama, just like it would have been for Tennessee if the game had gone the other way. So, hey, we'll see what happens, man. Um, it's going to be very intriguing to see just how this thing shakes out. Anyway, man, like I said, I do expect Alabama to win that game on Saturday against Mississippi State, and uh, you yeah, know it's going to set up a really, really interesting November around here in this in this conference, man. I think it's going to be crazy. Anyway, man, we're going to take a quick break again. That is my SEC. That is my around the SEC segment, and uh, we're going to come back after this, and we'll talk those surprises and those disappointments we're going through a little bit more sec because i've got some sec surprises and disappointments of my own and there are a few that i see from my uh, uh friends on twitter we're gonna get into that when ball about the south continues
1: For you anytime you need me, for real girl it's me in your world. Believe me, nothing make a man feel better than a woman. Queen with a crown, that be down for whatever. There are few things that's forever, my lady. We can make war or make babies. Back when I was nothing, you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you to this day, boo no frontin'. Even when the skies were gray, you would rub me on my back and say baby it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never ever get my the away, keep it tight. I- Okay.
0: I gotta love
1: Jones for your body and your skin tone Five minutes alone, I'm already on the road. Plus I love the fact you got a mind of your own No need to shop around, you got the good stuff at home Even if I'm locked up north, you in the world Rockin' three-fourths of show never showing your stuff or who. It be true, me for you, that's how it is I be your Noah, you be my words, I'm your mess star You my missus, with hugs and kisses Valentine cards and birthday wishes Please be on another level of planning, of understanding, the bond between man and woman, and child, the highest elevation, cause we above, all that romance crap, just
0: All right, let's get into it, man. Uh, A lot of the surprises and the biggest disappointment so far of the 2022 season, whether it be college or pro. And I really want to thank everyone for the responses here. I just felt like, obviously, this is a solo podcast that I've been doing. So it's a good thing uh, to get some more opinions. Uh, I think this is a big part of it. Again, like I said, also, I think it gives me a chance to talk about some teams and some conferences or whatever that I might not talk a whole lot about here on this show. So, man, let's get into it. I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit, a little bit of the NFL and the pros. Uh, I've kind of start a little bit with the NFL because, and obviously there are a couple of uh, people that are here that talked about the New Orleans Saints. That was a disappointing game, to say the least, for them. They put up 31 points for Andy Dalton throwing the football or whatever they give up over 40 (laughs) to the arizona cardinals 42 points that is and lose that game by double digits now i I do understand there were uh, a couple turnovers that led to some of those points so i I get that but that's one of my disappointments is this saints defense i mean seriously i mean you know again they haven't been horrible but this this Saints defense has not been as dominant as I thought that they would be and definitely not nearly as dominant as they were last season. And one, P. Shark. My man, the one, uh, P. Shark uh, on Twitter, he is the one. That's D-A-O-N-E underscore P. Shark. Uh, he is uh, the uh, podcast host for Let's Be Real podcast. And uh, they really do really good work there, man. They talk. Obviously, he is a big-time Titans fan like I am. So they talked. I mean, he actually used to have a Titans podcast all, as well. Uh, does not have that anymore. But they still talk to Titans. They still uh, they have a um, uh, podcast where they talk to Memphis Grizzlies and a lot of different things, really good stuff. He agrees with that. He has you know, one of his biggest disappointments is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, in college, he has the Arkansas Razorbacks. As a huge disappointment. And I definitely echo him on that because I, you know, I went into this season thinking Arkansas was the second best team in the West. And I do realize, obviously, you know, they were having to replace Traylon Burks, which was, I think, has been a big part of their issue. No one saw the issue with their defense being like this, though. No one saw this defense being this bad. As bad as Tennessee looked at times against Alabama last week. Arkansas is worse. (laughs) I I can safely say that. I I really believe I can safely say that. So, yeah, you know, that has been one of the the biggest disappointments. They did get a big win last week against BYU. I'm still trying to figure out why Arkansas is playing a game like that, a non-conference game like that, on the road, in the middle of the conference season. I don't know who's in charge of scheduling at Arkansas, but they're not doing a good job. I'm just going to put it like that. Uh, You sit there and look. So some of the other disappointments and and surprises, one, Brian T. Jones, senior, uh, B. Jones Sports. That is his Twitter handle. He has the Kansas Jayhawks. It's one of his biggest surprises, and and that is not a surprise. This dude is a huge Kansas Jayhawks fan. I believe he's probably still celebrating that championship uh, in in March Madness. Uh, and and i I totally agree with him on the kansas jayhawks being one of the biggest surprises uh they lost that game against oklahoma and uh, they've lost two games now so things have kind of um settled down a little bit there in, in in the little apple manhattan kansas but um No, that's all right. I take that back. I I definitely, I I apologize, Brian, because I know know you don't want me talking about Kansas State on this. (laughs) I know you don't. Uh, I'm sitting there, what am I thinking about? Manhattan, Kansas. No, from Lawrence, Kansas. That is actually Kansas State that plays in the uh, Little Apple. So I apologize big time for that one, bro, for sure. But no, I totally agree with him on the Kansas Jayhawks. One of his, uh, the other biggest surprises for him, which a lot of people on this list agree with the New York Jets and the New York Giants totally, dis- I totally agree with all of that for sure. Um, you know, so there's no question about any of that. Um, my, my man Strike seven sports. Well, his name is actually Derek branch, but his platform is strike seven sports.com. He does really good work there. You need to definitely check it out. Full website, Uh, Full sports, uh, uh, his content is is really top-notch. I think you definitely need to check it out. He uh, specializes kind of in the Memphis area there, Uh, sports with the SEC, the American Conference. He's big with that. He covers Memphis games there. I think he covers football and basketball. Uh, He has a podcast. It's called Strike 7 Sports Podcast. Really good stuff, man. He has his biggest surprise is Tennessee. So I'm you know and i and I agree with that to a degree that they're seven, and oh i don't, I was a lot bigger on Tennessee than I think a lot of people were i I had Tennessee winning ten games this season, I had Tennessee's floor at nine games that they would win, and so I think you know i I really thought they could be a team that. Lost only two games this season. and Obviously, those two games would have been Alabama and Georgia. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree that they're definitely they're a surprise. I don't think they're a huge surprise, but I definitely understand where he's coming from with that. and There's no question about that. Again, and he has a uh, biggest surprise in the NFL as the New York Jets as well, and I totally, totally, 100% agree with that. Um, look at my man. See Henry. See Henry. See hen This guy has another really good podcast as well. Um uh, I definitely think you need to check it out, man. He has his podcast. I think it's The, the Fellas. Uh he is on Spotify. He's on Spotify. Really good stuff. Really in depth with everything that he does. He lives in Michigan, so obviously he covers the Michigan sports scene very well. The Wolverines, Michigan State. Uh obviously uh the Lions. I'm going to talk about the Lions here in just a couple of minutes, but he has his big disappointment in college as, the, as Michigan State. I totally disagree. I know. I'm sorry. I totally agree with that. I thought Michigan State would take a step back, though. But I definitely uh, understand where he's coming from, man. It, it has not been a good season for Mel Tucker there and, the, and Sparty. Uh, the Michigan State Spartans have definitely had their struggles this season. And he also has the New York Jets and the Giants as his biggest surprises in the NFL. So I definitely understand that. Uh, moving on, my man, you know, kind of sticking with the Michigan scene, my man, One and Done Radio. Another good podcast. A lot of these people that I'm kind of referencing here have their own podcasts, have their own shows, or their uh, bloggers have their own websites or whatever. This dude, obviously a huge Michigan fan. Uh, he has his biggest surprise so far in the NFL of the Philadelphia Eagles. No one thought they they would start six and zero, and I definitely agree with that. I think the Eagles have definitely been one of the surprises as far as being still undefeated at this point. I'm not as surprised that they're really playing really well. I'm I'm not surprised at that. I'm um, a man. You know, But I do understand where he's going with that. And let's go with my man Fatboy Fadeaway Sports. That is a really good podcast uh, on YouTube. Uh, he and my man Tyler, Tyler McGork, uh, they do a really good job. They're out in California with their thing. Obviously, um, if I'm not mistaken, in the Bay Area, because I, I know that he's a really big Oakland fan, uh, Oakland Raiders, Oakland A's, all of that. He has Jalen Hurts the way he's played so far as being his biggest surprise. And again, I I get that totally. Um, I'm not surprised. Again, I'm not surprised at Jalen Hurts doing well. I think it's probably more surprising at the level of where Jalen Hurts is playing right now. I think it would be the thing. We'll see if my man Jalen can keep that up. I mean, this is a really good story sitting up there in Philadelphia right now. I, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I don't think there's any question about that. And phew, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh but you know, we saw how that defense shut down the Cowboys. And I understand that's Cooper Rush running the show for them. Uh, the Eagles defense has played pretty well. I I don't know that you can't say that they're right up there maybe with the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs right now. If Jalen Hurts continues playing the way he's playing, and I think the, the, the biggest thing for the Eagles is just, you know, pounding the football, running the ball is still. While Jalen is doing his thing, throwing the football, their, their meat and potatoes starts running the football. If they stay with that, the Eagles can beat anybody. And uh, who knows? They might be headed to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Uh, another disappointment. Now, the disappointment from Fat Boy Fade Away Sports, the flags on QB Sacks, he said they've just been too soft, and I totally agree with that. I, no one is going to argue that. Definitely no one that's an Atlanta Falcons fan. That's for sure with the uh, greater Jared hit, if you want to call it a hit, on Tom Brady. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs had their moment there on Thursday night football uh, last week. Uh, this whole thing, man, I understand you're trying to um, protect the QBs, but it, it really has gotten out of hand. I mean, it it just really has. So I I 100% agree with him on that one for sure. Um, Like I said, my man Fatboy Fadeaway Sports has the Raiders as one of his disappointments. Variety Sports Network has the entire AFC West as a disappointment. Now, I asked about what they mean that the Chiefs would be disappointed as well. And they basically said, no, the Chiefs are, are not disappointing, but the rest of the AFC is, and I totally dis- I totally agree with that. Uh, you sit there and you look at what obviously the Raiders are doing, winning only one game so far. You look at the the Broncos and how they have played so far, and and then of course the Chargers are charging big time. Uh, crazy stuff going on in that division. Everybody I think agreed that they thought that there were going to be three playoff teams coming out of that division. It's not looking likely that that's going to happen right now. It just isn't. And then, that you know, talking about the Denver Broncos, that gets us to Russell Wilson. And there are several Russell Wilson, and you know, being a disappointment on here. One of them, a couple of them, a couple of my friends there on Twitter, a couple of my Alabama friends, one, Frederick Grigsby, Gabrielle Quinney. I hope I'm saying her name right. I definitely want to shout them out. Roll Tide, first of all. Um, (laughs) uh, Frederick, man, seems like a really cool dude, man. His uh, Twitter handle is Payne, that's P-A-Y-N-E-12. If you're an Alabama fan, you definitely need to follow. Same thing for Gabrielle Quinney. Her Twitter handle is Gabrielle, or Gabrielle, Quinn uh basically G-A-B-R-I-E-L-Q-U-I-N-N-E 16 really good follow definitely uh, knows the sports knows the Alabama football basketball all that backwards and forwards they both agree about Russell Wilson being one of the huge disappointments in this league and like I told y'all last week man I I, I didn't know what the hell Russell Wilson was doing in that Thursday night game um and receivers running wide open down the middle of the field and in clear view everybody else could see it but russell wilson and he's throwing it everywhere else it's almost like he was trying to man i've never seen it and i and i thought that there was there were there was evidence that russell wilson was kind of dropping off here in the last couple seasons at seattle i thought that i don't think there's any question about that but not to this level and certainly not this quick. So I'm, I'm really been, I've really been surprised at Russell Wilson. I really have, but I was, you know, I will say this though. I was not as on board with this Broncos team being a contender as a lot of other people were. I, I Like I said, if I would have had uh, three of the four teams making the playoffs, you know, if I were to predict that three of the four teams making the playoffs out of the AFC West, the team I would have left out would have been the Broncos. So that's just me. <laughs> so, um but then you know, looking uh more at Frederick Grigsby, man, his college football disappointment, the Oklahoma Sooners absolutely agree with that. This team I, I I thought at the time Brent Venables was a bad hire. I mean, I get why they, why they did it to a degree. I mean, you know, he was the longtime defensive coordinator under uh, Stoops and Lincoln Riley and all of that. I get all of that. But uh, uh, I, I just wouldn't have made that move uh, to replace Lincoln Riley. So now it's going to be interesting to see well, if, you know, if he is fired here at the end of the season or whatever. I don't know what the deal is going to be. Uh, who do they go after if they if that happens? Could they come after Josh Hyper with Tennessee? We'll see. Um, but again, uh, but I totally agree with that. He has uh, Tennessee as his biggest surprise, and so does Gabrielle Quinney. I I totally agree. Uh, I totally understand where they're coming from with that. She's also a big time Dallas Cowboys fan. She's kind of surprised with her Cowboys being four and two, and quite frankly, I can understand where she's going with that. Uh, after losing Dak Prescott. Uh, but Cooper Rush, I man, you got to give him credit. He's done exactly what you want your backup quarterback to do in a situation like that. He's done exactly how you want him to do it. But the Cowboys still have enough weapons. They still have uh, two good running backs. You think about Pollard and you think about Zeke. Uh, you still have C.D. Lamb. I like this kid, Noah Brown. I think he's number 85. I like that dude as a wide receiver. Um, and the defense, obviously, led by Michael Parsons, has been, I mean, it's been sick. So I, I get where she's coming from on that. Well, that's a good job, man. It's a good job by the Cowboys here without Dak Prescott. We'll see what goes on when he comes back. Hopefully he's coming back uh, this weekend or at least sometime soon. Uh, so just moving on, man. So and you see where I'm going with this. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the same answers, but there are a lot of different answers, which is a good thing. And I definitely really appreciate that. Um, I have, uh, let's see, let me go. Where am I going to go next? I'm going to go with my man, C. Luke. And he is the uh, host of the Drop Balls podcast. And a really good show that he puts on as well. I mean, I've I've been listening to his podcast quite a while now. Uh, Chit-chat with him on Twitter and everything. He's a really good dude. Knows his sports left and right. If you... uh, if you're looking at NFL, college football, NBA, boxing, if you're looking for a really big-time good analysis, this is a good follow right here, Drop Balls Pod. That is his um, Twitter handle. Again, Drop Balls Podcast is the name of his podcast. All the things, man, about him, he's a Colts fan. I don't know what's up with that. He's an Indianapolis Colts fan. I think he's, he seems like a really cool dude. But I don't know why he likes the Colts. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Titans fan. But you know, anyway, but um, his biggest disappointment right now, and, and I was going to bring them up. I, I really was wondering if someone was going to bring this team up as a disappointment. He has the Lions. And I think it's, it's, it's the exact same reason that I would say He says the you know, biggest disappointment for him, Is the Lions because he picked them where he picked them to go to the playoffs. And I remember that. I remember he did that. But he said he did not see their defense being this bad. And I I 100% agree with that. I did not see their defense being that bad. I really thought the the Lions, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. But I thought they would really contend. I thought they would be right there. We saw this team play a lot of tight games last season, even though they didn't have a good record. I really thought that they were going to be able to make it in. Um, they didn't. uh, Not looking good right now, but in a, lot, in a lot of cases, it's because of their defense. I mean, they can score on you big time. I mean, this dude on my Ra St. Brown. I mean, this dude is special. <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, good running backs there. Uh, golf has played well at times, pretty well, It's that defense, man. The defense is, is pretty it's pretty horrible. So, man, I totally agree with C. Lou on that one, big time. Um, so, let's uh, you know, see what I have here. Uh, I have my man, Real Deal, Damian Adams, another really good podcast. If you're not listening to the Real Deal, and trust me, it is the Real Deal. This dude puts it down, I'm telling you. With um, NBA, again, another one. He's in, with NBA, NFL. And if you're a big-time boxing fan, you have got to check out this dude's podcast. And he does actually a couple other podcasts. I think it's the GSMC Basketball and the GSMC Boxing. So I definitely want to put him on blast. I think he uh, does a really good job. Uh, he has his biggest surprises, again, as the, uh, the Giants and the Jets out as well. But his biggest disappointment, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If we kind of, kind of steer this thing back toward the south a little bit, and obviously the Buccaneers are a big time disappointment. Tom Brady included. And I'm seeing now that <laughs> Brady's sitting there saying, Well, I, you know, I'm I don't have any plans to retire anytime soon or whatever, or re retire basically. Uh man, that, that's that's turned starting to turn out to be a mess. I, I thought that they would be a team that would make the playoffs. I thought they probably win it like a I think I had them at winning like eleven games or something like that. Uh, I thought they would struggle at times, but I thought they'd be good enough to get in and then they'd probably, you know, lose in the first round or the second round like they did last year. That was kind of my thing. Right now you have to question whether this team is gonna even make the playoffs. You have to you really have to question that. And you sit there and look at it, they could easily be something like two and four right now, even though they're three and three. They could have lost that Falcons game. And that's where we're going next with my man Antoine Smith at FatboySlim, underscore 21. That is his Twitter handle. This dude does some really good work as well. If, you're, in Atlanta, if you, uh, you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, you'll find no better coverage with those two teams than Smitty's Sports Machine podcast on Spotify and on YouTube. Definitely check him out. Um, the reason I bring him up now, he has his biggest surprise in college is Kansas, which a lot of people no doubt would agree with. Uh, he has the Vikings as his uh, biggest surprise in the NFL, and I kind of get that. I don't know if a lot of people thought the Vikings would be 5-1 and one right now. I kind of get that. I kind of do. I, I, I had the Vikings winning the uh, NFC North, or at least maybe being right there to win it against the Packers. Uh, so i I agree with him to a degree on that uh biggest disappointment oklahoma biggest disappointment in the the nfl the broncos we all get that but again he's a big time falcons guy and the reason i bring him up is because i think the falcons have been a big time surprise as well not because when you sit there and you look at their record being three and three and you know but this team, if you sit there and you look at it, go back to week one. They blew that game. What they were up twenty six to ten, I think it was twenty three to ten. I think it was against the Saints. They blow that game, and then we all know what happened two weeks ago in Tampa Bay with Grady Jarrett. You know, getting the uh, roughing the passer penalty. They would have been getting the ball back down twenty one fifteen. They had come back from down twenty one nothing. It was 21-15. They should have been getting the ball back with, like, two minutes to go where they could have been driving the field to win the game. They could be 4-2 and two or 5-1 and one easily when you sit there and look at it like that. So he does not list the Falcons. And I get why he's doing that. I, I totally understand it. But, uh, man, yeah, definitely worth your time to listen at him and watch him on YouTube. Definitely, and he knows his Atlanta sports upside and down. There's no question about that. But I think the Falcons have have really been a surprise with Marcus Mariota running the show. Uh, And they've done it without Cordero Patterson, who's out on IR right now. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully he's going to be able to make it back at some point. But anyway, uh, again, really good follow that he is. My man, Antoine Smith. Uh, staying in the South and going back to the CMC thing. uh, Allison Mays, uh, I'm going to shout her out. I'm not really uh, very familiar with her, but I do appreciate her chiming in on uh, this topic. And her biggest disappointment is the Panthers trading CMC, which is very interesting. But I I, I get it because I see that she's a Carolina Panthers fan. So she's like, well, you know, this is not a a reactionary tweet. I just – it's just because it just happened. <laughs> so I get it. I understand what she's saying. She says it's a bad move on the Panthers' part. And obviously, coming from a Panthers fan, I can definitely understand that sentiment. She says the 49ers are going for all broke, are going for broken broke and it all out on the table. And they are trying to win a Super Bowl right now. I think a lot of people would definitely agree with her on that one. So, uh, you know, again, we'll have to see how this thing goes. But, you know, it's hard to really... It's hard to, to argue with her and it's hard to be mad at her. That's for sure. That is for sure. So anyway, man, I just really want to thank all you that um, chimed in. If I missed any of you guys that chimed in on my question there, I, I definitely, definitely apologize for that charge to my head and not my heart. That's for sure. But I really appreciate you, man. I definitely appreciate uh, some of the relationships uh, friendships. That I um have gotten over the years on Twitter, man. I think it's really cool. And uh, I just think it really is. So we're gonna take a quick break again and come back. We're gonna close out the show with a just a little bit of NBA talking and a couple other little things, a couple other little snippets when Ball About the South continues.
1: Nobody pray for me. It has been our day for me. Pray. Yeah, yeah. Remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances Finessing on them with some counterfeits But now I'm counting this Parmesan with my accountant lives. In fact, I'm down in this say with my boobay tastes like Kool-Aid for the analyst. Girl, I can buy a Westie girl with my base stuff I know that it's good Won't you sit it on my taste buds? I get way too petty Once you let me do the extras Pull up on your block Then break it down We playing Tetris AM to the PM PM. I quit your beam'. I still rock Mercedes phone If I quit this season, I still be the greatest funk. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Tell them be humble.
0: All right, y'all, let's get back into it. Uh, close this thing out Ball About the South continues my, man, my name is C my name is Wood, but Wood uh, just call me C Wood for short at C Wood on sports on Twitter and IG is where you can find me like, a, like I say all the time definitely appreciate you coming by and uh, spending a little time with me on Ball About the South let's get into a couple of my picks here for the teams here uh, in the NFL uh, coming up on Sunday a couple big games the biggest game on tap is for me, the three-two and one Indianapolis Colts visiting the three and two Tennessee Titans. So obviously, that is the game of the day. Uh, if you look at it for, from an AFC South standpoint, uh, these two teams just met two weeks ago, and the Titans were victorious up at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, and. Uh, one of those crazy scheduling quirks, man. The NFL has them playing again two weeks later. Tennessee Titans come in two-and-a-half point favorite in this game at home. Ah, that is, you know, very interesting game, to say the least, because you sit there and look at all the uh, injuries that we've had for the uh, in example's Colts, uh, Jordan uh Jonathan Taylor, that is, has uh, had his injury problems. Hopefully, he's going to be available on Sunday for them. The biggest thing for the Colts here lately, they have been a team that's trying to been trying to identify uh, some other receivers besides Michael Pittman Jr. And one Alec Pierce, now, he caught the winning touchdown last week against the Jaguars. They won that game 34-27. He has been the guy that's really stepped up and done the job for them. But they've also done a really good job uh, with their tight ends. Jelani Woods uh, had a big touchdown pass in that game the uh, last week. Uh, against. And then you have Mo'Ally Cox. And then also, really, Kylin uh, Grayson. All three of those, Granson, rather. All three of those guys have really turned into a pretty good tight end tandem for Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan threw the ball pretty well last week uh, in that win over Jacksonville. You know, they've had that turnover problem. They did not have that turnover problem last Sunday, which is the reason why they were able to uh, get that victory, I think. At least not as bad as they had been in recent weeks. So they have that coming into Tennessee, man. Obviously, uh, the thing about the Titans is you're sitting there looking for that guy that can finally maybe uh, replace A.J. Brown. I mean, obviously, Traylon Burks is out, he is on IR as well. So, uh, finding a downhill, found a, a, a downfield passing game is probably the biggest deficiency on this Titans team. I don't think there's any question about that. We've had a really good, uh, running game the uh, last couple of weeks with Derrick Henry. They do get a couple guys back on defense, which I think is a big thing. When I mean, you sit there and you look at, um, Bud Dupree coming back, uh, should help that pass rush a lot. I think that you know, having him back should help them. Uh, Monty Hooker, I think, is getting close to coming back as well. So, uh, you know, the, the Titans are getting uh, well at a good time. i still not sure if I like that bye week being so early, but it, does get, it did give them a chance to get some healthy bodies in there. Uh, both of those guys have practiced all week as far as I know. So, and so and obviously this is a huge game i mean you're sitting there thinking about it being um uh, just week seven but uh you're talking about these two divisional opponents man this there's a lot riding on this football game for it to be not even the middle of the season so uh again the titans come in two and a half point favorite i like the titans to pull this thing out and i just really do i think that um uh, Tannehill has played well enough. He's not, he's not doing anything crazy. He's not, I mean, you know, he's not Jalen Hurts or anything like that. Um he has six turn, six touchdowns so far in the season, three interceptions. So he's, you know, not turning the ball over too bad. Uh, he has a 94.2 quarterback rating right now. And so if you can get a, you know, again, it's, it's going to come down to, in my opinion, just who turns the ball over the least I think in this football game. I think both of these teams are evenly matched as long as Jonathan Taylor is healthy and coming back for the Indianapolis Colts uh, I, I, I like the Tennessee Titans in a tight game I think somewhere around 20, 23 to 20, 23-17 something like that I think is going to be the score. The Colts have been playing pretty good defense of late in my opinion uh, they really, uh, and the Jacks did put up 27 points on them, but I think, again, a lot of those games, a lot of the times you sit there and you look at where the Colts have given up some points, they've also turned the ball over quite a bit. So I, I think, that, I, and I think, I think, and they, obviously they've had their injuries on the defensive side as well. I mean, Shaq Leonard's been out most of the season and everything. Uh, a lot of other guys that they've been missing on both sides of the football, so. Both of these teams, man, uh, I think are teams that uh, could, if they get everything straight, could really make a run in the playoffs if they were to make it. Obviously, only one of these teams is going to make it. So that is going to be a huge game coming up this Sunday. I have the Titans win on tight one on Sunday afternoon versus the Indianapolis Colts. Let's look at a couple other games. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the New York Giants, and the Jags come in a three-point favorite. I'm telling you, I I am buying fully into this Giants Kool Aid. I mean I am I'm, I'm I'm taking it, man. I'm I am I'm taking the Kool-Aid on this one big time. I like the Giants to win this game. I really do. I, I just think right now the way Daniel Jones, I think Daniel Jones obviously is the key for that football team. I mean, it's not about him being the thing uh, him putting up big numbers or anything it's just about him taking care of the football if he does that you have a guy like Saquon Barkley man and you don't want to put a whole lot on him I get that but as long as you can ride him right now I think it would be really a good thing if the Giants were to go out and get them a receiver DJ Moore's out there uh, from the Carolina Panthers also before I forget I want to definitely mention Robbie Anderson the issues that they had on the sideline with him this past Sunday, kicking them off the field, and then uh, later on trading them to the Arizona uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. That was uh, crazy last weekend. Um, now DJ Moore. I mean, basically, it's been starting to be a fire sale up at Carolina. We put, you know, talked about that earlier. Uh, getting a guy like D.J. Moore would help Daniel Jones immensely. I don't think there's any question about that, so we'll see how that goes. But I think D.J. Moore is definitely going to be on the move at some point here in the next couple weeks or whatever. Uh, Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, I would assume (laughs) that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, will get out of there with the victory uh, over the Panthers. sit there and look at uh, obviously Baker Mayfield who is still out. Uh, Walker is still the quarterback there at Carolina so it's hard to go against uh, the Buccaneers being a 13 point favorite. I don't know if they cover those 13 points. I would not with that offense. The way Tampa Bay has been playing offensively and everything I would stay away from that but I do like them to win the football game. Uh, Moving on. Another huge game uh, this is a uh, cross conference game. The Atlanta Falcons traveling to Cincinnati. Both those teams three and three. I'm you know what, and that's another team that um some people did not mention. And I do wanna say this, uh, Gabrielle Quinny, she I have to uh admit she did mention the Rams. What about the Rams and their start? I don't think anyone saw the Rams being quite this bad. I mean they had their struggles going on with Carolina last week before they finally won that game. No one, I don't think anyone saw the Rams being that bad, but <laughs> it's been crazy, man. And uh but she did mention that and I definitely uh did not want to omit that. She definitely put that out there. Both the Super Bowl teams have been very disappointing to a degree. The Cincinnati Bengals are showing signs of coming out of that, that. obviously they had that huge win against the Saints this past Sunday. The Saints have lost twice since we last joined you, which is obviously not good. The Saints are uh, spiraling downward big time. But that game, they host the Falcons this coming weekend. They come into that game a six and a half point favorite. I tell you what, man, I I like the Falcons to kind of stay close in that game. would not surprise me if the Falcons come in under that number. But I think definitely I would go with Cincinnati to win the game. And I would I think that I probably would lay those six-and-a-half points for the Cincinnati Bengals in that matchup. Uh, other games, man, uh, you have Miami Dolphins. That is your Sunday night game hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, team down here uh, another week. Well, actually, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if Tua was going to start that game. Yeah, that, the word last week was that he would be back this week. We'll see what that uh, what happens with that you got the Houston Texans at Las Vegas obviously I would have to to go with the Raiders to win that game but it would not shock me at all the Texans are still playing very hard for Levy Smith at 1-3-1 anything can happen in that game but I definitely would take the Raiders it's going to be very interesting to see probably the matchup of the day on Sunday at least the Fox uh, 325 matchup uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the 49ers will we see Christian McCaffrey in uniform for the 49ers we'll have to see how that goes very interesting stuff to say the absolute least man Um, so anyway definitely want to say that I appreciate you coming in as I said uh, to listen to this podcast I hope that you've been entertained hope that you have been informed Um, I definitely want to definitely hope that you will still go back and check out some of my prior prior episodes especially my nba preview from this past week the nba has started and they're a couple nights in now things are looking kind of crazy in a couple areas man the philadelphia 76ers and the lakers two teams that are kind of popping out right now that have not won a game both those teams have been on national tv twice and they are on two, and uh, it's not looking good joe B, man I don't know if you guys, if you were watching the football game last night or not, and missed Joel Embiid. He looked disinterested a lot in that in that basketball game. James Harden had thirty-one points, I think it was. He had thirty-five in game one, but yet the, the Sixers were still on too. I don't know, Joel Embiid, man. I <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, again, I, I and I sat here and picked him as my MVP. I'll give that away if you want. I do, I do hope that you go back and listen to that podcast. But I did pick him to win MVP, and the reason I did is because I thought James Harden would be a really a help to him. I, you know, James Harden can, can get his own shot, but James Harden can also be a big time facilitator because he demands so. You know, he demands so much attention when he has the ball in his hand. So obviously, if you got a guy like Joel and Be playing off this dude. I mean, you know, you would think he would set him up to really have some big-time numbers. And, again, we're talking about two games, but it is not a good start in Philadelphia. And then there's no surprise with me what's going on with the Lakers. This team is still not very good. It just is not. Um, Anthony Davis is back. LeBron is playing as well as any 37- or 38-year-old I've ever seen him play yet the Clippers in my opinion kind of tore it around with them last night I mean that when the Clippers only won that game by 6 points but it was not that close uh, the Lakers have, have got a long season ahead of them and, and if you listen to that preview man listen for my playoff teams you won't hear the Lakers I, I think they'll definitely make the play in this time I'm not sure that they make the playoffs Anyway, man, my name is Kerry Wood at C1 on Sports on Twitter and IG is where you can find me. I definitely appreciate you joining me for Ball About the South. If this is the first time, again, please don't make it your last. Please like, subscribe, do all those things for Ball About the South, man. Anyway, man, I appreciate you, and I am out until next time.